It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we've been talking about this for weeks here on Locked On Auburn. All of a sudden, everybody wants to talk about it. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Day. Coming up on today's show, we will hear from Derek Hall and voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, sat down with both of those at SEC Media Days last week. But first things first, it's Wednesday. So happy War Report Wednesday to all of you out there who celebrate Mike G of the War Report in the house. And Mike G, you're seeing this. I'm seeing it. Everybody's talking about Coy Moore right mm. now, the transfer wide receiver from LSU. And look, I'm a little salty, but also extremely happy for Coy because I, I, I think he's going to be incredible this season. I think you've got high hopes for him as well. But as soon as he committed, Mike G, I'm like, this guy has a chance to lead Auburn in receiving. This guy has a chance to really transform this offense. And what did I hear in response, Mike G? No, he could hardly play at LSU. Or no, he transferred too late into the process. Or no, you know, he was... You know, he, he entered the portal. He was in the portal for forever. Nobody would want him. He's not going to have that type of impact. And then, Mike G., who was the first player? Who was the first player that Brian Harson talked to when he spoke to the local media? Yeah, it was Coy Moore. It was and Coy Moore, Mike G., and I think that means something. Hey, listen, uh, it's okay, Zach, to toot your own, own horn every once in a while because every once in a while uh, we get one right, you know. Uh, and you were right about Coy Moore. Now, listen yeah. – the idea that I think that we need to dispel is that these kids that leave other programs couldn't hack it there so they can't hack it here. Sure. That's a that's a crap narrative. I'm sorry. There's too yeah. many uh, examples of kids who couldn't see the field at the program they were at and went elsewhere to be um, superstars. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Justin Fields of the world lost, you know, I mean, transferred out of Georgia and look what happened to him. Uh, Joe Burrow was third in somebody's quarterback room at some point. Transferred to LSU, had probably the best season we've ever seen from a quarterback ever. Boy, um, more greater than Joe Burrow confirmed. <laughs> right. So, but I, I don't know why anybody would doubt why a kid that's come from a program that has produced so many dynamic receivers over the years. It's just possible that that wide receiver room was crowded. Talent evaluation is not an exact science. Just because a kid that didn't win the job in spring ball doesn't mean that he's not the best suited to hit the field. It happens all the time. Like coaches are not infallible. They're not perfect people. And talent evaluation isn't an exact science. So we just we need to start to accept that some of these kids and we're going to see more and more of it with the portal. And uh, there's the opportunity there for them to right or wrong, and leave a program and go someplace else. Coy Moore is coming out of a program that has identified wide receivers um, at a very high clip, and he has a chance to be a star here. When Harson was asked, the question was asked not only uh, in the press gaggle that we did, but in front of the national media, he yeah. talked about Hilliard, and, and Harson described Coy Moore as somebody who could catch the ball and take it to the house. 
Now I'm paraphrasing, but you know, a home run hitter and I'm in, in, in his teammates in the interviews that we've done have described him as a guy who doesn't miss. Right. And this is a guy that'll catch a slant. The first practice or the first snap of practice, he'll catch a slant. He'll make some guys miss and it's a touchdown. Right. And I mean, you just talk about explosiveness at the wide receiver position. That's something that we haven't really heard from or heard of much in this room. And look, I've been very consistent over the last probably two or three seasons, really since this show's taken off, is the whole, this receiving core is filled with number two and number three options. Right. And they need one guy to step up, become a number one option in the SEC, and then everybody else will fall into place. Shedrick Jackson will benefit from it. Malcolm Johnson Jr. will benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Samuel Shanker will benefit from it. Landon King. Everybody then is able to kind of fall into place with where they should be in an SEC offense. And I think with how offenses have evolved and what we've seen throughout college football and, and even in the NFL, Coy Moore is a guy that you were able to move around the field. He played a lot of his snaps at the slot at LSU, and I think he's going to do that at Auburn, but you know he, he's going on y'all's show um, in, in a little bit. He, he came on my show a few weeks ago, and he talked about just kind of being able to do a little bit of everything. Because whatever is asked of him, Coy Moore is going to find a way to do it and help Auburn's offense be better. And I just think he has a lot of traits, Mike G, a lot of traits that people look for in their number one wide receiver. I mean, I have been sold on Coy Moore since he's been, since he's been, you know, on, on campus, but I'm glad that he's finally getting some love before the season starts. Listen, ultimately, this is a conversation about wide receivers, obviously, but receivers can't throw the ball to themselves. So his success will be highly dependent on the success from the quarterback position. And when you talk about catching balls over the middle and being able to take one to the house, ball placement and accuracy is going to be critical in making sure that he can maximize his skills at that position, right? So, um, you know, throwing the ball on time, we saw some of that during A-Day from from almost all the quarterbacks. Uh, Garner threw a lot of, like, outs and quick things to the sideline, but both Robbie Ashford and T.J. Finley threw dimes over the middle to Capers and Shedrick Jackson, where they were able to catch the ball. Um, and the ball is awesome. Yep, and, and stay out of harm's way. Right. So uh, Harson, during our film review of the 8 uh, film with the quarterbacks, pointed out like, hey, TJ did a great job here not getting Shedrick killed <laughs> on this throw with a DB in the area and a catch over the middle. Yeah. Uh, now, we didn't get to see Zach Calzada in the mix because of the injury. But, you know, with the work that we've been seeing on social media that he's doing, a lot of those timing things, those slant routes, those things over the middle that require precision and passing. It's, it's going to be critical. It's going to help Coy Moore be one of the better receivers I think that we've seen. So I'm hoping that this offense gets that together for him. Balance will be important. So uh, uh, being able to throw to him and not so obvious passing downs, uh, you know, some improvements in the run game. This team can be much improved. There, are, There's a lot of pessimism around the talent that we have just because a lot of people haven't seen. They haven't seen what Coy Moore can do yet. Right. These guys just have to go out there and show it. I, I'm excited about him. I think that he helps fill an important gap while kids, the, the, the young kids like Omari Kelly and uh, Camden Brown and Jay Fair mature into the game and then take over. Right. Like so getting a kid like Coy Moore, super important for this program. 
Yeah, there's no question about it. And, and I think a skill set um, is kind of part of what this offense needs. Those quick little, um, I'm a Patriots guy. So Tom Brady and Julian Edelman called it this all the time, but okay. drive starters, these quick, you know, three yard passes that set up a second and six or a second and five. I think that's what Auburn needs. And then, you know, if you can do that, whether it's with Coy Moore or Shedrick Jackson or, or whoever it may be, John Samuel Shanker, I think makes sense here. Auburn needs to have an open playbook on second down consistently. And, and I think that's going to help this offensive line. I think it's going right. to help the play callers, obviously, in the quarterback. But if a defense has to respect Tank Bigsby on second down consistently this season, it just helps everybody because – from a personnel standpoint, you know, you, you can't empty all of your linebackers all of a sudden because, you know, th there's a chance that Auburn could get some running, um, some running action. in. I mean, there's just so many different things that, that come with it when you have a guy that's good in tight spaces like Coy Moore is. And we've seen that in a small sample size at LSU mm -hmm. where he can catch the ball in traffic and go down to the ground with a ball in his hands, and all of a sudden it's second and four, and the defense has to defend everything. That right. is huge to me. Well, the relationship between different facets of the offense is symbiotic, right? So if you sure. cannot run the ball, passing the ball gets harder in every offense except for Mike Leach's. And um, for us, again, you know, having people have to respect Tank on second down, like you said, again, opens up the middle of the field yeah. for, for guys like Coy Moore to go in and make plays and make people miss and and and, and make, make defenses defend the whole field against Auburn, all right? Deep, over the middle, short, uh, and in the run game. So uh, Coy Moore helps us with that over the middle. Uh, now, he, I think he thinks he's a deep threat as well, <laughs> uh, so we don't want to sell him short there, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Did he talk about running posts a million times in, in y'all's conversation? Nah, you know, he, he talked about a lot of things. I don't want to give away the interview, but okay. he, like, right. he talked about a lot of stuff. And, he, and, and, you know, he's a supremely confident guy, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and Auburn needs that. Auburn needs more bravado. They need more confidence. And uh, Coy Moore provides that in spades, I think. Uh, I think you're right. All right, we got to answer the question. Can Auburn have a 1,000-yard receiver in 2022? It's been forever. Can it happen? And also, I want to ask Mike G. There was a quarterback narrative that I think kind of emerged last week at Media Days. I want to see if uh, if he caught that or if I'm just seeing things. All right, here on Locked On Auburn. But hey, I got to tell you about our friends at BetOnline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs, including finding your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf, and of course, college football. You can check all of it out at Bet Online. That's where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Mike G, before we jump into answering some of these questions, how can people find everything you got going on? All right, head on over to YouTube, search The War Report, hit subscribe, become a patron. Uh, we've got lots of great things going on over at The War Report uh, this season, and um, including film reviews. We will continue player interviews. We're going to bring you guys more access all the time at The War Report 24-7. So subscribe and enjoy. All right, so let's uh, let's spend just a few minutes on this. Could Auburn have a 1,000-yard receiver? In 2022, um, it's been so long. Darvin Adams is close, so close, a reception away, probably. But can Coy Moore do it? Can Malcolm Johnson Jr. do it? Can Darvish Dawson do it? Can anybody go for a thousand yards in this offense in 2022? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Now, this is all predicated on the fact that the deep ball is coming back this year. Sure. Being able to hit passes deep is going to be really important because. Again, when we send receivers on those go routes, you know, the guys that play over the middle, right, uh, will have a chance to eat your coin Moores. Uh, I think we'll be using Shedrick Jackson in that capacity. Uh, so you're talking about somebody who um, was just over 500 yards receiving last year. I think in a in a competent offense in year two, it w- I would not be surprised to see one of those guys. Double double the catches and double the yards this year. I don't think I don't think it's a stretch. So what we saw last year was we saw Brian Harson and his staff bring some competency back to the passing game at Auburn. Sure. Bo Nix improved under Brian Harson. I say it again for the people in the back. Bo Nix improved under Brian Harson at Auburn. Now it wasn't as consistent as we would have liked, but the inconsistencies we consistencies that we saw were kind of remnants of the past, right? Like, you know, it's not going to turn it all around in one season. What we hope to see this season is, is that a guy like Zach Calzada or Robbie Ashford or TJ Finley or whoever's the quarterback takes the next step in this offense, right? Uh, in there uh, for, for, for TJ, I would say this would be fair to call this his second year start. I mean, the combination of his first year and the games that he started at Auburn kind of comprise like one year of starting in the SEC, if that's fair. Robbie Ashford doesn't have the experience, but he's got the he's got the hunger. And Zach Calzada, this would be his second year. This is the year you see a, a guy like that take a step forward in this offense. And if he can do that, then these receivers have a chance. I, again, I can't stress enough, they cannot throw the ball to themselves. So um, they're going to design some things. These guys are going to get their opportunities. Uh, we've got to cut down on the drops early in the season. That was a problem. You cannot have thousand yard receivers and be in the top fourth of the league in drops. Right. No, right. not a good combo. Yes, so, like you right there, you mentioned the quarterbacks, and, and I want to get your thoughts on the speculation that I had at media days. Okay. It seemed like the other Auburn quarterbacks disappeared, and it was all about Zach Calzada. I don't mm. know if that's because we heard a lot about Calzada when A and M went. And so you kind of got, you know, a double dosage of Zach Calzada chatter. I don't know if it's just because folks asked about Zach Calzada to, you know, the Auburn contingency or the Auburn representation mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And they didn't really ask about TJ, but to me, and I went on a bunch of other people's shows and they all asked about Calzada, 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 nothing about Finley. What are your thoughts on that? Um. Okay. So, Calzada is kind of winning the offseason, if you ask me. 
uh, with yeah. the fans. Yeah, there's no question about it. And he's in, in, I'm not talking about perception. Now, what's actually going on behind the scenes, not a whole lot of people are privy to. But uh, he's been very open. He's out on Twitter, Zach, with his social media, uh, working with his QB coach, um, uh, Ray Isaac, sniper school guy. I've talked to him. Uh, he hit me up uh, when I, on, on my way back from media days. Uh, they had mm -hmm. a great workout in Auburn that weekend uh, that I got back. And he posted he, all kind of pictures and videos about it, right? Yeah, listen, Zach Calzada is is not being shy about the fact that he wants people to know that he's working. Now, I'll refer back to our interview with him. He's he's here for business. This is a business decision coming to Auburn for him. And um, this is a guy who, you know, left the program that he started almost every game for to say, hey, like, I like the vision here. Right. I like the opportunity here. And he did. He didn't come here to sit. Now, I would say that Calzada, the reason you see a lot of the buzz around Calzada is, is because he actually did put on the field last year something more tangible to give people a base for saying this guy could take the next step this year. Right. Like it or love it, TJ Finley did not do that. No. Um, now, whether the circumstances allow for him or whether it was fair, that's a whole different discussion. Tough situation for yeah. Finley. No right. question. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, for Robbie Ashford, love the talent, but he doesn't have the on-field experience just yet. He hasn't so, played. Right. Right. So uh, he would have to had won the offseason by a long shot to forego a guy who went out. And if you go back and, you know, I know some people hate when I bring up this game that Calzada played against Bama, but every time I watch it, I'm more impressed with him. Uh, he stood in the pocket. He took hits almost to the detriment of his health. Well, uh, you, know, you know, it's in there, right? Like, you, you know, he's capable of it. Right. We saw um, it. Yeah. I, I'm a big, like, you got to take away somebody's best performance and their worst performance. Mm -hmm. And what's left is probably there. Just like when you talk about, you know, seasons with NFL quarterbacks or whatever, like take away their best season, take away their worst season. And then the average of everything else is pretty much what you're looking at. That's fair. And, and, and I think, um, I think he's fine. I think he's a, a, I think it was last year. If you take away his best performance and his worst performance, his worst performance probably was his first game where he, uh, I think it was against Colorado. Yeah. Well, he got um, thrown in like in the second quarter yeah, or something. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Similar to what happened with Finley. So yeah, that's just, it's just tough to, to overcome that. But he, uh, I think he was probably an average to slightly above average SEC quarterback. But as you just said, you take your biggest step after your first full season as a starter. And that was essentially what he just had. So I'm with you, man. I, I think there's a lot of tangible stats. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer has done a lot of, you know, deep dives statistically and pro football focus stuff about how he's ready to take a big step. I mean, there's a lot to like, I think, about Zach Calzada. He's got to do it. All these things that we're projecting to happen, he has to do it in order for it to be exciting or it's going to be, you know, uh, a tough situation for Auburn next year if he doesn't do it, I think, with the right. schedule. But, yeah, it, it's just interesting. Like, all last week, I was like, man, nobody's even trying to, like, build up the drama that there is a uh, that there's a quarterback battle. They're just fine talking about Calzada being the dude. I, I posted a um, – we caught Harson uh, on a one-on-one -on -one before – media days was over and mm -hmm. I got to, I, I I knew he was going to give me coach speak but I got to ask the question just in case he let something slip right and I said coach everybody wants to know about quarterback 
everybody wants to know what's happening here. Talk about your situation at quarterback. You know, he was complimentary of all the quarterbacks, of course. Um, and he wants there to be a competition headed into fall camp. Now that time is coming. We're about what, three weeks out from that. Uh, so Less, yeah. so, somebody's got to start to separate. And there was a lot of work that's being done that the coaches can, um, they can observe, but they can't be out there. Uh, and you know, you can't, what we've learned about this system and what we've learned from the players is nobody's going to spoon feed it to you. And that's what I think. That's why I think Zach Calzado kind of won the off season perception, right? Sure. Is, is that nobody's going to tell you to go out and, um, throw extra balls. Nobody's going to tell you to go corral the receivers. Uh, nobody's going to tell you to put in the extra work to be great. You have to show that. And Calzada wanted everybody to know, I'm here to be great. That's it. So whether that translates to the field or not, we'll see. But, you know, if you were trying to send a message to this coaching staff that when I'm called on, I'm going to be ready, right. I think he I think he did that. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Mike G, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. One more time, how can people find everything you're doing? Yeah, uh, just head on over to The War Report on YouTube. Uh, check us out. We'll be launching thewarreport.com here in a, a few weeks. It's going to be a source for Auburn fans to go and find interesting things on Auburn, some unique things we're going to be doing over there, as well as find all our content, including our podcast. So look out for that. We'll be making an announcement shortly. All right, coming up in just a moment, our conversation with Derek Hall, then our conversation with Voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Bertram. All coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joining us now here on Locked On Auburn, Derek Hall, Auburn Edge. Joining us, new defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. uh, second year in a row. What um. What's kind of been like adjusting that this right. offseason? Um, so Smith was there last year. Um, obviously, he got yeah. he got promoted to the D.C. position. And so it really wasn't that big of a difference. I mean, we already knew him. We knew the kind of coach that he was, the way he approaches the game. So it really wasn't that big of a difference. The scheme is pretty much the same. I mean, he's made his little tweaks here and there about, you know, the way he want to do things, yeah. verbiage on the back end. I mean, little tweaks in the scheme, but pretty much every call is the same. Is the verbiage the same? He's – He's changed it a little bit in his aspect, which I'm not going to disclose, obviously. But, sure. the, I mean, he's made the verbiage cleaner and a, a, a lot simpler to communicate uh, in the heat of the battle. There's been a, a big talking point this offseason about depth mm -hmm. at, at your position. Obviously, you and Eku uh, right. are ready to have a great season. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the guys behind you, if you would. Right. So, we just got Marcus in from Western Kentucky. He's mm -hmm. looking really good. Uh, Dylan's looking good. His body's transforming. Uh, he's getting bigger, faster, stronger. Um Joko actually just moved over to the position. He's a natural. Right. He just had to put on a little bit of weight and get bigger. But, I mean, I mean, Rock's going to get those guys ready. And, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can. Me and Leota just set that position, the head of that position, to be able to push those guys in the right direction. Because, I mean, they have no choice but to play. I mean, we're, yeah. we're low on numbers, and we need those guys. Best of luck to you this season, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Joining us now here on Locked on Auburn, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. Happy uh, SEC media days to you, my friend. I've been up here. I've been at these for a couple of years now. Uh huh. It changes every year. How so? Well, initially, mm -hmm. it was there was a smaller print room, right, for only the print media, 
there were several TV rooms for the local TV folks. Right. Jefferson Pilot had its own room. I think ESPN may have had its own room. And then the rest of it was for radio. There was no podcasting. Right. At that point, there was a small radio room. And that's where you did your, that's where you did the interviews. And a lot of the times the players and coaches would not come up to what is now, well, what we used to call radio row. Yeah. Now it's just row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it has changed yeah. dramatically. And I think we'll continue yeah, to change. I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And props to the SEC for rolling with kind of whatever, um, whatever the preferred form of media is at that time, but obviously still radio um, king up here for sure. What do um what do we think about uh what do we think about these Auburn Tigers? It's going to be an interesting year. Um, it's an interesting schedule. One of I mean I think Auburn has to set the tone with those first five home games. Uh, the schedule is brutal mm. as it is every year. Coach Harson addressed that in his his press conference earlier today. Right. But those first five games are important just as a tone setter for this team. You need to be two and zero. I think they will be going into. To Penn State, and then you've got Missouri for the first time ever at Jordan Hire Stadium, just the second time I, in I the regular realize. season, and just the third time ever in football. That's interesting. That's interesting. And then you get LSU, and then you go on the road for two straight weeks, Georgia and Ole Miss, and you still have to go brutal to state. You still have to go to Alabama, and you got AM and Arkansas coming in and Western Kentucky. Brutal to close. Yeah, it's a it's a brutal schedule. But I think you you got it, you have to set the tone with those first five games for that second half of the schedule. Yeah, th there's no question about it. And, you know, there, there's so much on this quarterback battle, right? I mean, whether it's Zach Calzada, whether it's C.J. Finley, most people think it will be Zach Calzada. That's, that's going to really kind of be a big part of where this offense goes. As it would be for any team. Correct. The quarterback spot. With that said, I think there is more, I don't know if pressure is the right word, more importance on what Auburn's tailbacks do this year than perhaps in, in recent years. And for a tank Bigsby, listen, he knew that it was going to be Bo Nix at quarterback every time he went out. Right. Until Bo was injured and then transferred. Now, is it TJ Finley? Is it Zach Calzada? Is it Robbie Ashford? Sure. At this point. Um, I think we'll probably learn pretty quick in fall camp who that's going to be. But I think regardless and both TJ and Zach have SEC experience. TJ actually has Auburn SEC experience. Right. Um, the known entity that Auburn has on offense right now is that tailback. Correct. And Tank Bigsby. Correct. And to a certain degree, Jarquez Hunter. No question. And a somewhat veteran offensive line. I mean, we know who they are, certainly. Right. I mean, right. the, 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 so it's going to be a little bit different from last year, but for the most part, it's going to be the same. And don't diminish how good Auburn is at the tight end spot and the yeah. depth that it has at tight end. It's so good that they can think about putting Landon King at the wide, wide receiver. receiver spot, and you don't lose anything at the tight end spot right now. Right. That's a great point. That's a great point. How, what, what has kind of been your assessment of how Brian Harson handled his, his opening statements? I thought it was terrific. I thought, I, I thought the tact that he took. Let's talk about it right up front, as he called it, the gorilla in the room. Yep. Um, Which it was. I mean, it was, it was this massive presence that absolutely. needed to be addressed. And sure. he did it. He didn't, uh, he didn't wait for the questions to come about it. He addressed it. I thought he was candid. Right. And how he talked about its effect on the team, on the program, on him, on he and his family. 
as well. Yeah. And I thought that was important. I mean, you're close to the program. I mean, it seems like every player that's talked about it, whether it's been on this show or other shows or, uh, I mean, Brian Harson earlier today. I mean, it seems like it really has brought this team closer together. Here's the one thing, Zach, and, and I did a bunch of the, the, the various alumni events in Huntsville and Montgomery sure. and um, Mobile. And then I, I go around and speak to various alumni groups. Whether you like Brian Harson or not, whether you think he's done a good job or not, here's the one thing I know about Brian Harson. After February, we know this man wants to be the Auburn football coach. Yeah. It had been easy to take the money and run from Auburn, right? Sure. And he didn't. Right. And guys like John Samuel Schenker, mm-hmm. who's here at Media Days, and Tank Bigsby, mm-hmm. and Derek Hall could also be playing football from some for somebody else this year as well, right? Right. Some guys decided to do that. My best to them, okay? But these guys that decided to come back, they want to play for this university. Yes. They want to play with their guys, their teammates, and they want to play for this coach and this coaching staff. And I think that says a great deal about all of those folks. Yeah, the story from the outside media, and even Auburn media, I guess, was about all the folks that left. But it's really about the folks that stayed. Well, it is now. Yeah. It is now. These are the guys that, that, that fought through it. These are the guys that ended a year in, in, in a not-so-great manner last year. There was that picture after the Iron Bowl of those seniors sitting there in the stands, reflecting on careers, reflecting on that game. And a lot of those guys decided, you know what? I've got another year. I'm coming back. Yeah, let's do it one more time. That's exactly right. And they'll be doing it with another team that isn't picked very high in the SEC West, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Another team that will go through a brutal schedule right, in the Southeastern Conference. And they will go through it after a winter of discontent. And yet those guys decided, this is my school. This is my team. This is my coach. This is where I'm playing ball. Andy Burcham, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, bud. War Eagle. Thank you so much to all three of the fine gentlemen that joined us today. Mike G of the War Report, Derek Hall, Andy Burcham. And we get to uh, be joined by John Garcia on tomorrow's edition of the show. Talk a little recruiting. Big, big week in Frober recruiting coming up. I'm Zach Blackerby. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. All of my written work is at AuburnDaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.